Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. So is there any parents in the room right now? Come on, let's hear the parents. I was telling first service, I, I, there was like no, no applause whatsoever first service. I said, that's because the parents are at home watching because they know there ain't no kids church going on right now. And they're going, you must think I'm crazy if I'm bringing my four or five kids up in here with no kids church. But um, no, it's so awesome. Kids, they, they say some crazy stuff, man. My little three-year-old Riley, the little redheaded girl you see running around the church very often. The other day after watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, she told me, she said, Daddy, how come you have more of a belly like Pete? You should have a belly like Goofy. Thank you for your ministry, sweetheart. I appreciate you. <laughs> what are you going to do? Kids aren't normal, right? And have you ever uh, been guilty of saying this phrase? Well, that's just not normal. That's just not normal. I, I know here recently, I've noticed that we don't live in normal times right now. I seen the other day where somebody, there were some schools around the nation that were doing virtual graduation. I've seen people that are doing virtual baby showers. I even seen a report where there was a virtual wedding. What an odd time that we live in that's far from normal, but it really got me thinking, what is normal? I mean, when you really wrap your mind around it, what is normal? Because when you think about it, you're not normal. I'm certainly not normal. You just ask my wife. Church, this church isn't normal. I mean, a normal church does not fund multiple church plants across the globe during a global pandemic. That's not normal. A normal church doesn't baptize over 600 people in a town of under 12,000. That's not normal. You know, John Ortberg wrote a book several years ago that was titled, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. And how true is that? Come on, where are my married couples in the building? You know exactly what I'm talking about because when you dated your spouse, you probably thought they were super normal. They probably thought the same thing of you. And then what happens? Then you're married to them for a little bit and you start to discover that there is next to nothing normal about your spouse. You know, I thought Mallory was normal when we first got married and she probably sadly thought the same thing about me. When we first got married, I didn't realize until a few weeks into our marriage that Mallory does not like pancakes or French toast. That's not normal. And I've tried to tell her that multiple times, but she still won't come over to the other side. But that's not normal. But when you really think about it, I really don't believe that anyone is normal. I really believe now there's healthy and there's unhealthy, but there really isn't a normal because normal is relative. 
So I want you to look at the person next to you. You can't touch the person anymore because of everything that's going on, but you can certainly look at the person next to you and say, you're not normal. You're not normal. And yet, what's one of the most popular responses that we hear right now when we ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? Normally that response is, I'm good. I just can't wait to get back to normal. And you know what's the oddest thing about that? Is that those same people that are saying that, that they're saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. So many of them were the same exact people that just a few weeks or months before that were the ones complaining the most about their life. They were the ones that were saying, oh, pastor, I can't stand my job. I can't stand the boss. I work too much. I never get to see my family. Never have any time to get stuff done around the house. We spend way too much money going out to eat and on and on and on. And have you noticed that some of the very things that you find yourself praying for right now are the very things that you were praying away just a few weeks ago. I find it so interesting how quickly we shift as people to where what we yearn to go back to is the very thing that we wanted to escape from just months earlier. And it's so easy and difficult times just like we're in right now to set our ultimate goal to simply be getting back to normal. But can I pose this question to you, New Song? What if the normal that you knew isn't the normal that God is leading you into next? Why do we always assume that normal is behind us? Why do we always assume that normal is somewhere that we've come from? We seem to assume that normal equals familiar. But why would we do that as Christians? I mean, we serve a God who's always moving forward. Rarely does God sit still. Rarely is God just sitting down on his hands doing nothing. He's always moving forward forward. He's always advancing. Bible says he goes from glory to glory, strength to strength. So why would we think for even a moment that a God whose very essence is defined by resurrection and new beginnings, that he would want us to go back or get back to something familiar to us, the same old, same old. That's not the kind of God we serve. Our God is not okay with status quo. He didn't die on a cross for us just to be able to live this mundane life. It's got much bigger plans for us. And don't get me wrong. There are some things in life right now that I would love to see get back to some level of normalcy. One of them being for God's sake and for parents' sake, I really hope to see school Regular school, get back in session. Come on, somebody, give me a better amen. All the parents watching at home just said amen. Because we've discovered that not every 
mom or dad is wired to be a homeschool parent. It just ain't happening. And I hope that for God's sake and the community's sake, I hope that this parking lot and and this sanctuary is filled again with people that are experiencing the tangible love of our heavenly father and life transformation through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope that happens again. I hate seeing empty parking spaces and empty seats where normally they were filled. I would love to see that normalcy come back. But in this season that we find ourselves in, I really believe that God is telling us something. He's trying to communicate something to us. I really believe that God is saying, I'm bringing you a new normal. Because what you thought was normal really wasn't normal. It was just what you knew. And there's a big difference. But I don't want you to get too down on yourself right now. I want you to realize that we're not the first humans in history that have ever been drawn to familiar over freedom. You see, I can show you in Exodus 14 where God's people have always been trying to go back to normal at moments where God was actually trying to bring them something brand new. Let me give you some quick context. You see, Pharaoh had just uh, experienced that 10th plague, the the death of the firstborn, and and that really hit him where it hurt, and he was finally just kind of done with the whole thing. He was stubborn for the other nine, but here when that 10th one hit, it hit home because he lost his firstborn son. And so he said, okay, Moses, you grab your people and you take them. Get out of my face. I don't want to see you anymore. And, And now we find the Israelites and Moses leading them out of Egypt, heading into the wilderness and towards their promised land. But something that you need to know about the Israelites is the fact that all they knew in Egypt for 430 years was slavery. And when that's all you've known, that's what becomes normal. That was normal to them. And on one hand, they hated it. There was no freedom. There was frustration. There was mounting pressures. Pharaoh just released some really unjust orders to where he actually, they were producing bricks. And obviously back then they didn't have the, uh, the convenience of quickcrete like we do today with all the chemicals that bond and, and make the concrete. No, they had to do it the old fashioned way with mud and straw for something to bond to. And Pharaoh comes out and what does Pharaoh say? He's like, oh, by the way, we still expect the same amount of bricks and the same quality of bricks, but now we're not going to supply you any straw. Can you imagine what that must have been doing to the Israelite people? How frustrated you would be if you were at work and all of a sudden your boss said, guess what? I expect the same amount of production, but I'm going to give you less tools to pull it off. That's where they found themselves. So on one hand, they hated it. But the tricky thing was, is on the other hand, it was all they knew for generations. It was normal 
to them. So in Exodus chapter 14, we're not only seeing Israel come out of Egypt as a territory, but they are coming out of what they have always known as normal. The Israelites are having to come out of their comfort zone. And this is how the Israelites expressed it. In Exodus 14, verse 10 through 12, as Pharaoh approached, And I have to pause right there because you have to know that Pharaoh in this passage represents fear, right? He has been feared by the Israelites, but there's a trick. He's also the one that's been feeding them. They can't stand him, but he also supplies. He's all of a sudden became a source to them, but a wrong source. It's a lot like addiction. If any of you have ever been through addiction, or maybe you had a family member that battled addiction, they hate what they're doing. I don't know one addict I've ever talked to that said, you know what? I just, I tell you what, my life was a mess. And then I found black tar heroin. It was amazing. No, never. They hate it because they know what it does to them. They know what it does to their family, but yet they love the escape. They love the familiarity that it gives them. It's their normal. So that's kind of where we find the Israelites, where they've almost become addicted to the slavery because it's normal to them. And when you're uncertain or afraid, you are always going to reach for what's familiar. So as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were, what does that next word say? They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Can you sense the sarcasm that's in that bit of scripture right there? Because anyone that that digs a little bit deeper into that history would know that Egypt was famous for their graves. Archaeologists have actually proven that over two-thirds of the landmass in Egypt was set aside for graves. And the Israelites would have known this well and clear because many of them built those graves. They would have been well aware. So when they say, were there no graves in Egypt? That would be like someone saying, is there no corn in Indiana? It's all around us. We can't avoid seeing corn. Just like them, they can't avoid seeing these graves. But you see, the Israelites are afraid. And when you're afraid, you crave familiar. Even if familiar is killing you. Mm. Even if familiar is killing you. Then in verse 12, it says, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. 
The Israelites are basically saying there, we'd rather be dead in Egypt than alive facing uncertainty. They'd rather be dead than have to stand in front of an uncertain, unfamiliar situation. And can we be honest? So do we. So do each and every one of us. We hate uncertainty. We hate things that are not familiar, especially when we're afraid, especially when we have no idea what is in front of us or what's on its way. It's why we go back to places that kill us. It's why we go back to people that kill us. It's why we go back to patterns that kill us, bottles that kill us, pills that kill us, websites that kill us because it feels normal and normal is nice. Normal is comfortable. But for some of you, I really believe that normal is killing you. I believe that normal is killing marriages. I believe that normal is killing relationships with children. I believe normal is killing you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God is working in your lives and he's doing some of the very things that you've asked him over and over to do, but you don't seem to realize it because you're so busy scrambling to get back to normal. I really believe that one of the things that God is trying to give us in this season is better priorities. Which makes me want to pose the question of what is God calling you to give up to get to where he's trying to take you in this new season? You know, we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that's the opening of Paul's letter to the church of Rome. And he's received word that, that, you know, many of them, they've accepted Christ. And, you know, obviously they're coming together, building this church, but they're stuck in their old ways. Some of them are even still doing animal sacrifice. And he's like, no, 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 you're missing it. You don't understand. When you accept Christ, what he did on the cross was enough. You don't have to kill the lamb. You don't have to kill the dove anymore. You just need to call out to Jesus and his grace is enough. So he tells them, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If that's you and and you're that audience receiving that, you're going, ooh, that's not familiar. That, that, That sounds like a, ooh, that's a new normal. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with it. I like the sacrificial system because it's familiar to me. I like the fact I have to spill blood of an animal before entering the presence of God or having my prayer requests heard. But Paul's telling them, I urge you, I beg you, get out of your old mindset and into a new one. Come to a new normal. And then he tells them in verse two, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
He's telling them what you've known, what the world says is normal, God says is broken. I mean, think about that for a moment. What the world will tell you is completely normal. God's going, no, that is broken. That's a broken system. It's not gonna get you where you wanna go. And I really believe that God is using this season to help some people reset their schedules and reorder and reorganize their priorities. And New Song, I want you to hear me on this. And I really believe that that God kind of gave this to me, especially for some of the younger families in the church to say that God is not trying to get us back to the normal where we worship our kids' activities and leave little space for him. He's not trying to get us back into a place where we worship our hobbies and leave little space for him. He's not trying to take us back to that Egypt to where we're just existing day to day, making bricks with no straw. Because how many of you have ever felt that way, right? Think about pre-COVID right now. How many really felt like their life, you felt like you were just making bricks with no straw. You were just going through life. It was mundane to you, but you knew, okay, well, I gotta do this and then I gotta do that. And then I gotta run them here and run them there. And next thing you know, you're like, what just happened? I mean, have any of you ever said the phrase, wow, what happened to that year? It's because you got caught up in the mundane. You got caught up in, in what you know is familiar. You got caught up in making these bricks every day and not even getting to use straw, just wearing yourself out with familiar. But now we find ourselves in a season where everything's canceled. We got nothing else going on. And, and I've actually been hearing reports of families that are sitting down and eating dinner together. Come on. Playing games together. They're bringing back game night. They're talking and laughing together again. Man, I, I really believe that God's using this time to strengthen the family unit. And yet we want to go back to normal? What? You know, the busyness was never normal. It might've been culturally acceptable, but it surely wasn't normal. And I really believe that if we cling so tightly to normal that we will miss the blessing of new that God has for us. We've gotta be willing to loosen the grip on familiar and normal and get ready to grip the new normal. So new song, I encourage you, don't reject the change that God is trying to bring you in this season. You need to keep the change. Make sure you're keeping the change. Don't throw it out. Don't just look at it and be like, nah, I can't wait to get back to normal. I want you to take in what God is telling you needs to change and hold on to it. And I love what God spoke through Moses. The band's gonna come up and try to help me close this. But I love what God spoke through Moses when the people were looking for someone to blame. Have you ever noticed that? When things get a little hairy, when, when things are uncertain, people are freaking out, they're a little afraid. What happens? You start to find somebody to blame because you're going, well, it can't be me. It's not me and my schedule. 
It's got to be somebody else that I can blame. And they no sooner get to this uncertain place that we know of as the Red Sea. They see the Egyptian army. And, and you know, it's so easy for us to read scripture and to look at that and be like, oh, those Israelites, no faith. Put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Could you imagine all of a sudden you're, you're, you're completely leaving what has been familiar to you and generations, 430 years worth. You're going into, into the wilderness and now you come up to this body of water and you're thinking, what do we do now? And then to make matters worse, you can feel, just imagine for a moment with the mass numbers of the Egyptian army and the fact that Pharaoh was going around and basically commandeering anybody in town that had a chariot so that they could go after them with horse and chariot with everybody. You imagine you could probably feel the ground begin to shake and rumble. You could probably see a dust cloud that looks very intimidating. So you've got a body of water here, uncertainty, and then you look back and this familiarity is coming to kill you. It would freak you out. It would be scary. And so they panic and they start to say to Moses, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But then Moses answers the people. And I believe God spoke through Moses in that moment in a powerful way. And I believe that God is speaking to you right now these same words. To say, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. That frustration, that strife, that that anger, that depression, that anxiety that you see today, you ain't never going to see that again. What's it mean to us? I believe it means you're never going back to normal. God's moving you into a new freedom. Not the same old, same old. Not status quo. He's moving you into a new freedom that's better than anything you could ever imagine for yourself. So I encourage you. Keep the change. Don't reject it. And be ready to receive what God's got for you in this new season, in a new normal. Would you stand with me? I want to pray. I really believe that the Lord is communicating something to somebody today. And I realize maybe this message wasn't for everybody, but I can guarantee you this. It was for somebody that needed to hear this today. That we don't need to be looking and worrying about getting back to normal. We need to be looking forward to a new freedom that God has for us. Because what we thought was normal, God's got something way better for us in this new season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we call on your name today because you never change and you never fail us. 
we stand before you not only as individuals but as a community and as a nation craving to get back to normal and we find ourselves standing before seas that we don't know how to part holding nothing more than a stick in our hand and our natural defenses are nothing against the principalities and the evil that we face that we can see and that we can't see And if it was just a virus that we were fighting, then we could solve it on a physical level. But God, the truth is, we need something more than that. Because far too many of us were controlled by fear long before there was a virus to fight. And many of us were dominated by depression way before we were asked to quarantine. So when we have been asking you to make it normal again, we have been praying the wrong thing. We've been praying for familiar, but we are really wanting freedom. And Lord, please use this season in our life to make something beautiful, something we didn't even see coming, Lord, but you did. Give us a new normal and allow us to hold to the change, Lord God. We trust you, Lord. You're our hope and you're our normal. And now with every head still bowed and every eye closed, you know, scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And I believe that today there might be somebody who needs to give their life to Jesus. You've never surrendered control of your life to him before, but this morning you heard this message today about a new normal and keeping the change, and you need to know that God wants to create a new you. He wants to give you a brand new start, because on the cross was nailed everything that stood against you, and when Jesus rose from the dead, he provided and proved the fact that he was exactly who he said he was. And because of that, if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can experience new life as well. So I would ask if that's you, and you would say, Pastor, man, I received that. I've been living this life on my own far too long, and I'm ready for a new normal. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up boldly right now? Right now. See the hand. It's awesome. I want you to pray this with me. You can recite it word for word. You can make it your own. That doesn't matter. What matters is you mean exactly what you say when you profess Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And today, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I believe he died that I would be forgiven and he rose again to give me new life. So I believe that this is my new life, my new beginning, and my new normal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. 
Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. 